Psalm 106, uh, verse 13 through 15. And it reads as follows. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. But they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. Here's my key part. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their souls. Again, it says, God gave them their request. He answered their prayer. It says, but he sent leanness unto their souls. Uh, today, I just want to teach a little bit about when a no is sometimes better than a yes. When a no is sometimes better than a yes. If you could, join me in prayer, and let's ask God to speak to our hearts here on today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you again, Father, that you would share your word uh, with us people, Lord, giving us instructions on how to live for you and how to please you. Lord God, I thank you for even the word that you have for this congregation today. I pray, Lord, that it would be planted into the hearts, into the lives of each and every person under the sound of my voice right now. I pray that your spirit would move, Lord God, and, and cause us to reconsider some things in our lives. Lord, I thank you right now that you would minister through me, Lord. I pray that you would move me out of the way, Lord God, and have your full glory, your full way in this place today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. One more time, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. When a no is sometimes better than a yes. I'm sure with all of us being children of God, that there have been times in our lives where we have went to God for prayer. As a matter of fact, sometimes the thing that drives us to prayer is when there is a great desire inside of us that we need something or we think we, we absolutely have to have something. Prayer is the thing that God has called us to do to be in communication with him. But sometimes, God, he doesn't answer our prayers the first time we pray it. Uh, there's been many times in my life, and I'm sure there's probably been many times in your life where you have prayed for things, and it seemed that it was falling on the ears of someone who could not hear. Uh, we've accompanied our prayer with fasting, and we've, we've accompanied it uh, with extra reading and just to show God how serious we are about the thing that we were asking for. And yet I believe there are some of us that are in here today, we've prayed, we've fasted, and we did extra reading. We made sure uh, that we were giving and extra faithful to church, and yet God still did not answer that prayer. If I can be honest with you, there's been times in my life where I've prayed for something so often that it began to not turn into a prayer, uh, but it began to turn into a complaint. 
Lord, forgive me. Has anybody else in here experienced that same thing where you got tired of asking God? You thought he should have answered the first or the second time. Maybe you figured your good works uh, would have made God move his hand to bring into your life those things that you asked for, but yet you did not receive them. And you found yourself complaining about something. We find in Luke 18, there's the parable of the persistent widow. And the story, it goes something like this, that there was an unrighteous judge, an unjust judge. He didn't fear God, cared nothing about God. But there was a widow lady. She cared about God and she wanted justice. And she went to this judge time and time again so that she can be avenged of her adversary. The judge said no after no after no, but because she was persistent, because she was consistent in going to the judge, he finally gave her her request and avenged her of her adversary. I sometimes go in prayer and I think about this parable, uh, this parable and I tell God, maybe I just need to pray again. Maybe I just need to continue to pray. Is there something else I need to do? Let me look up the other verses in the Bible because there are other prayer verses that say if you have unforgiveness in your heart, that God will not answer it. And sometimes we just search the scriptures because we believe that when we pray for something, that if we're living right and according to the word of God, that God should answer our prayers. Now listen, I want you to understand that God, he's able to answer any prayer. For the Bible says that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we're able to ask or think. And while I may have went to prayer and some things may have turned into some complaints, I believe that we all have the testimony that we've lifted up our voice to God and God has allowed something miraculous to happen in our lives. It was just like that, that God opened up the windows of heaven and gave you that very thing that you was asking for. I heard my friend say one time he prayed a prayer that he He'd never felt before and God opened up the doors and did something that he had never done in his life and so don't get it mixed up and don't get it confused when I say that I've taken some things to prayer and they've turned to concerns because we serve a prayer answering God anybody believe that we serve a prayer answering God John 15 and 7 it says if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Listen, he says that if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, whatsoever you ask, it shall be done unto you. Matthew 7 and 7, it says, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Bible says that when you go searching for it, it shall be given to you. Mark eleven twenty four it says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have already received them, and you shall have them. This, this principle teaches us that when we believe that we have already received it, that we shall have it. But here's what I want to present to this congregation today. If God answers a prayer of yours, does it mean that it's blessed? 
Say you asked God for something. Vehicles, homes, finances, relationships. You've prayed. You've fasted. Say you've done these things and it falls right into your lap. You was consistent just like the widow lady. And God gives you what you desire. Does that mean it's blessed by God? Come on, I need you to think about that for a minute. Will God ever answer your prayers when he knows that it may destroy your life? Will God give you something that you have no clue will become another prayer that God, that you would want God to take it out of your life? Listen, does everything God give you in prayer, is it a blessing? There's a story, if you want to go with me, to Numbers chapter 11. And I'm going to start at verse 4. And to give you a context of the scripture, we have the children of Israel, the Hebrew children, who are now in the wilderness after being in Egypt for 400 years. God has allowed 10 plagues to come to Egypt so Pharaoh can see them. And he has allowed them to escape, to go to the wilderness, to worship their God. And Pharaoh chases them even when they're in the wilderness. And pastor, he preached about it a little bit last week. And they, they go through the Nile River on dry ground. And they find themselves free. God feeding them manna every single day. They don't have to go and search for food. But God is allowing it to rain down manna every single day. And we get to Numbers 11, verses 4. I'm going to do a little bit of reading. And the Bible says, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. And the children of Israel, they also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? They wanted some meat. If I could just say it straight, they was tired of the manna. Tired of it. They said, we, we, we remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely. Lord, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at, us at all besides this manna before our eyes. The children of God are complaining. And then we go down to verse 10. It says, then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. You hear it? They're in the doorway. They won't even go sit down in the living room. But they, they want to make sure that, that God can see their faces. And they're complaining that they used to have fish and they used to have cucumbers. And Lord, the leeks and the garlic that we had while we're in bondage, I know you're giving us manna, but give us the fish that we used to have in Egypt. And the Bible says in verse 10 that the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. The Lord was upset. 
And Moses was also displeased. Verse 31 through 33. And there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on this side and as it was a day's journey on the other side round about the camp. Mean as a day's journey, however long it took them to walk a day, God had rained quail down. Miles of quail just laying on the ground because he had answered their prayer, or if I could say he answered their complaint that they wanted meat. It says, and the people, they stood up all day and all night, and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten omers. And they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. Here it is. And while the flesh was yet in between their teeth, while they were chewing on the quail, it says the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. Again, Psalm 106.15 says, and he gave them their request, but he sent leanness unto their souls. Leanness, it means to waste away, to destroy, to be disgusted. God had gave them what they were asking for. But when he gave it to them, the Bible said that he sent a plague while they were chewing on the quail. As it was in their mouth, as their bellies were being filled with what they desired, God, it said he sent leanness unto their soul. Does anybody understand why God would be mad at this request? I mean, God had given them a perfect food. If I could say it this way, a food that it had the right amount of carbs, the right amount of fats, the right amount of proteins. You didn't, you didn't have to figure the micronutrients out and the macronutrients. It had everything that the children of God needed. They didn't have to worry about getting diabetes. They didn't have to worry about having heart surgery because they had heart disease. They didn't have to worry about kidney failures and all of these various things because God had given them a perfect food that would sustain them while they were in the wilderness. But yet they desired to have something more. Uh, sometimes we, like the children of Israel, we can desire something so great that we begin to want it more than we want God himself. See, God wanted them to have the manna. And maybe sometime in the future he was going to give them something else. I don't know. But we find here in the passage that they complained and that they complained, Lord, all we want is a little chicken. Lord, can I just get a little fish on the side? Listen, I want to ask you in this place today, what are you asking God for right now? What has been on your prayer list day after day? 
weeks on end, you have been praying for something. And I want you to take note that it's not something that you want more than you want God himself. As a matter of fact, that thing that you are praying for, if God said, no, you can't have it, would you be fine with that? Come on, I want you to think about that in this place today because there are some things that we desire that can become idols in our hearts. And if God, if he ever got to the point where his, <coughs> excuse me, where his anger was kindled, he would give you exactly what you wanted and it would be something you'd be praying that God would take it away. Listen, has God ever given you something that you prayed for and you really, you realized later that you didn't want it? I remember a friend of mine, we were fresh out of high school. Uh, he went to a car lot and, and, and he brought, uh, 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 I think it was a Chrysler 300. He bought it at 5, 6 o'clock at night and he drove by my house that night to show me his vehicle. I mean, he, he wanted the vehicle so bad. He showed me it had all the, the bells and whistles. He had the top-notch Chrysler 300 it was. I mean, he was excited. But just three months later, I'll never forget it. Till this day, it's the reason I pay cash for all my vehicles. He said, Chris, if you can ever, 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 ever afford a car payment, he says, don't, don't do it. He said, Chris, the worst regret I've ever had in my life is being 19, 20 years old, making minimum wage. I have the car of my dreams, but I'm paying $500 a month. That car that he had so desired, he had now become a slave to looking to have a second job, working as much overtime as he possibly could, no longer hanging out and fellowshipping with those that he loved because he had to pay for a car. I'm asking you in here today, and it may not be something physical as a car, but what are you asking for that God has not yet given you? And I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to have it. I'm just saying that you have to be careful that you don't desire this thing more than you desire God. I want to give you three reasons that God, he says no to some of your prayer requests, and then I'm going to be out of here. The first reason that God will say no is because God, he says no so that his glory can be revealed. You know the story of Lazarus. The Bible says that Jesus loved this man. And they come to him because he was sick. He was sick and he had finally died. And Jesus had let him die so that the glory of God can be revealed. And you know the story, he had been dead for four days and he goes to the tomb, to the grave of Lazarus. 
and he calls his name, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he rises from the dead. What a testimony. What glory that has been revealed. Sometime God, he says no to our request because later there will be glory revealed in our situation. Another reason that God says no is so that his will can be done. Many of you know that the, the most tough, hardest time of Jesus' ministry was at the Garden of Gethsemane when he knew that he was supposed to be crucified. He knew the pain that he was getting ready to endure. And so as he goes and he prays multiple times, Jesus, he asks the Lord, he asks God, please remove this cup. That was his prayer request. I don't want to go through this pain. I don't want to have to deal with this torture. Remove this cup, but not my will, but your will. Sometimes God, he doesn't give you the answer to your prayer request because he wants his will to be accomplished. And sometimes, sometimes there are things that me and you that we will ask for that will get in the way of the will of God. Sometimes God doesn't want you to be healed from cancer right away. Sometimes God, he, he wants you to go through some things so, so that his will can be done in your life. The third reason that God says no is because it's not the time yet. We find when God went to Abraham in the very beginning and promised him that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars as the sand on the seashore. When Abraham had arrived to the land of Canaan, the land that was known as the promised land at that time, it was going to be given to the children of Israel. God had told Abraham, he said, I want you to look around. He said, all of this land I'm going to give to your descendants. I'm going to bless them. And I can imagine Abraham saying, well, why not now? And listen to what God tells Abraham. He says, I can't give it to them, to give it to you yet. He says, because the iniquity of the Amorites is not full yet. What does that mean? He says, their sin has not filled up their cup yet. Meaning God, he was going to destroy these people and kick these people out of their land because they were evil people. They were unrighteous and unjust. They were worshiping false gods. But he was not going to punish them at a level that their evil did not deserve. If I can say it this way, he was not going to give them a hundred years for a crime that only deserved five. And so he said, it's going to take 400 years of them doing evil. And then when that evil reaches the level of the punishment that I'm going to give them, that's when the children of Israel are getting ready. They're going to come in and inherit the land. Many times God, he tells us no because the time is not now. The time is not yet. 
you have to understand that God, he knows the future. And he knows what's ahead. He knows what's coming. And if he gave you something right now, it'll mess up the plan of God. If he gave you that house that you desired right now, it'll mess up the plan of God. And so sometimes, God, he has you wait on the things that you pray for until the time is right. He wants the time to be right. I want to close by looking at these last two verses. James chapter 4, verse 3 in the New Living Translation. It says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. 1 John 2.16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. If we can all be honest with each other, many things that we ask for that God has not yet given us and may not give us ever is because we want them for the wrong motives. We want them for either the lust of our flesh because it pleases our flesh. We want them for the lust of our eyes because it looks good to us. Or we want it for the pride of life so that we can boast about it. I believe that God has placed this in my spirit because he wants to truly set us on the hill. A light on the hill, it can't be hid. But we have to get our prayer motives right. Even in the past before I preached about the reason of us wanting a church. Did we want a new facility just so we can say we're the newest church on the block? So we can prove to other churches that we got our stuff together? Or do we want a church so that we can honor the name of the Lord? As simple as this message is, God, he just wants us to get our motives pure. Listen, me and my wife, we've been wanting to go on vacation. And I prayed about this. And I'm about to go crazy if the Lord don't give me a few days off. But I had to come to myself and say, Lord, if, if you don't want me to go, I'll stay home. Because what would happen if we went on vacation and happened to fall into an earthquake? What if we went on a cruise and there was a tsunami, hurricane? What if God gave us our desire? but it came with something that we didn't want. I can imagine being on a cruise boat and a hurricane is on the way 
and asking God, why didn't you just not let us come? And so again, as we close this place tonight, and as we stand to our feet, I just want to ask you, that prayer that you've been praying, is it of God? Is it of the flesh? And to reevaluate. Because if you pray long enough, God just might give it to you. And it might turn your world upside down. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are the all-knowing God. You are the creator of heaven and earth. God, you know where the clouds and the storms will be. God, you know everything, where, what is all happening on this earth. Your wisdom and your knowledge, Lord God, it is unsearchable. And so, Lord, we trust you with our life. We trust you with our future. And so, God, we come to you right now giving you permission that, Father, if we pray for something and it does not fit your will, if, if it does not uh, give you glory, Lord God, or if it will bring danger into our lives, we give you permission to say no. God, I pray that you will build the trust and the faith inside of us, Lord God, that we would just believe, Lord, and honor every decision that you will allow to happen, God. Allow us to live our lives for your glory, Lord, and not for this world, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that this flesh would be crucified. Crucify this flesh, Lord God, that it may not bring me to desires that do not please you, Lord God. I pray, Lord, against the, the exposure, the advertisement, the, the media, and the things that they are putting out, Lord, to make us, Lord God, want to desire those things. Instead, I pray, Lord, that you will allow us to be filled with your spirit. I pray that we will make an extra effort, Lord God, to feed and feast on your word, Lord God, that we will be at church to hear your word, to worship, Lord God, with your people, with your children. I pray, Lord God, that you will even blind us from those things of the world and open our eyes to the light, oh Lord God, to the heavenly realm. Allow our eyes and allow our focus to truly be on heaven, Lord God, so that one day in eternity, Lord, we will not regret the decisions we made on earth. Father, I ask your blessing upon this whole congregation even now. Father, guide our steps as we move forward. I believe that our future is bright here, Lord, but I pray that we march together as an army, Lord, that we accomplish your will and not the will of man. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's clap our hands together right now. Oh, hallelujah. Let's praise his name.